This is your Thursday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Glad to be back for another day and hope everybody's having a good day out there today. And we've got a good show coming up. Jason Gerwin from The Streamable, founder of The Streamable, will be on here in a little while to talk about sports on TV, one of my favorite subjects, and the complicated times we live in. Talk about the Twins and maybe where they're headed in 2024 with their TV contract. Talk about uh, what's going on with Major League Baseball and some of these other markets where MLB has taken over control of broadcasts. Talk about the New World Order with uh, YouTube taking over the uh, the Red Zone and uh, and the uh, Sunday Ticket Package from DirecTV. Talk about some big negotiations, too, coming up between um, DirecTV and Diamond Sports, as well as Comcast and Diamond Sports, and how that could impact future uh, future viewing uh, possibilities as well. So a lot to get into with Jason. He is an expert in this subject and uh, always enjoy talking to him. So that'll be here in just a little while. I've got a Vikings thought towards the end of the show, something I saw caught my eye and my ear, I guess. Uh, first things, though, what did I miss? Got to talk about Joe Ryan. Man, um, one of the success stories of this team for you know really the past two years you know they they acquired joe ryan at the trade deadline in 2021 a real a lost season for the twins that year a real disappointing year but they were able to pivot at the trade deadline make some moves offloaded some veterans and probably the best move they made that year in retrospect was trading nelson cruz who had been great for them in 2019 and 2020 and was still having a productive 2021 traded him to the Rays for Joe Ryan, a pitching prospect who was, you know, seemingly on the cusp of making it to the big leagues. And he came up in September and had some good starts, made the rotation in 2022 and was quite good. Although a lot of his best work came against the worst teams, there's a real disparity between Joe Ryan against, you know, the Royals of the world and Joe Ryan against everybody else. But it was a promising, you know, first full season and his. You know, first three months for the Twins in 2023 were quite good. I mean, he was on the verge of maybe making the all-star team, if not for like one bad start towards the end of the pre-break schedule. Well, the last uh, seven starts have been nothing short of a disaster for Joe Ryan and the Twins. He's given up 19 home runs in the last seven starts. Now, the Twins have had some really good pitchers over their history. They've also had some very bad pitchers. Anybody who watched the you know mid 2010s, uh, 20 you know 2011 through 2016 saw plenty of bad Twins starters. Um, the the 19 home runs he has given up in the last seven starts, the most of any Twins pitcher in a seven start span in history, the history of their rotation. That is not that is not a great uh, that is not a great stat to be associated with especially when we consider the history of this team, like I said. So Joe Ryan struggling. Hard to pinpoint exactly what is going wrong to him. That's the hard part. He's really searching. He's trying a whole bunch of stuff. Really good story from Bobby Nightingale in our uh, in, in uh, Thursday's paper and on StarTribune.com. You know, he tried changing up his sleeves to make sure he's not tipping pitches. He tried different wind-ups to kind of uh, to, to throw batter's timing off. Two of the home runs, two of the four home runs he gave up to the Cardinals on uh, – on on Wednesday, the Cardinals a last place team, by the way. Two of those home runs were on splitters. Two of them were on fastball, so it's not like it's just one pitch. 
you know, I think Rocco Baldelli mentioned that maybe he needs to do a better job mixing in his off-speed pitches, not just relying on that fastball. But really, when he's been successful, a lot of times it's been that fastball that's established everything. So Joe Ryan having some real struggles right now, and it's impacting the Twins. Like they had, you know, they were cruising pitching-wise in the the pre-break schedule where they could virtually guarantee be counting on a good start from their pitchers almost all the time. And now Joe Ryan is not giving that to them, and it's uh, it's impacting them. It's, it's really becoming part of a troublesome post-break trend. Their post-break ERA from the whole staff is above five. For starters, is above five. That's not getting it done. So right now what you've got is a, a starting rotation that's becoming increasingly unreliable. I think you know Pablo Lopez had a really good start the other day, so you've still got... You know, him basically at the top. Sonny Gray hasn't been as good lately since the start of the year, but he's still relatively uh, relatively reliable. Um, Bailey Obert's been pretty good, but he's mixed in a couple clunkers here and there. Um, Kenta Maeda, again, he's been pretty good, but again, not as good as he had been. And it, you know, Joe Ryan has been the real, the real trouble spot, but you add it all up and it's just not the same level of dominance. It's more kind of drifting towards average, which we thought it might which we were concerned about. But you you combine that with an increasingly unreliable bullpen, whether it's by injuries, whether it's by Joan Duran not being quite as dominant, um, and whether it's just by natural regression. You know, I still don't think you trust a whole lot of guys down in that bullpen, even if some pitchers like Emilio Pagan have been faring better and did not get any help really at the at the trade deadline. You combine that with an offense that's been better since the break but is increasingly you know, still relying on home runs, has been relying on an, an inflated batting average on balls in play, and still can't hit left-handed pitching, did not get any help with that at the trade deadline either, did not add a right-handed bat. You add all that up, this is a team that's still in first place by two games. The Guardians lost again yesterday, so the Twins still up by two games even though they lost. But aside from the teams in the AL Central, the not Nine of the other 10 teams in the American League, nine of the other 10 teams not in the American League Central have a better record than the Twins right now. That is astounding. That is an astounding statistic. Only the A's, who are you know terrible, all-time bad, have a worse record outside of the American League Central um, than the Twins. Everybody else, all the American League East teams, every other American League West team has a better record right now than the Twins. Um, so you've got, you know, the, the, the rough starting pitching, the increasingly uh, unreliable bullpen, an offense that you can't count on. As our old friend Mike Zimmer once said at, I believe, halftime of a game that, that the, uh, the Vikings were struggling in. So other than that, it's been great. So maybe, you know, maybe they give Joe Ryan a little time off. Maybe they promote somebody. Maybe Dallas Keuchel, who opted out of his minor league deal, but I don't believe is signed anywhere else. Maybe he gets a a promotion, a chance to come up here and pitch one or two times, give Joe Ryan some time off. I'm not quite sure what the answer is, but Joe Ryan, not right right now. He had been for so much of this season, much of last season. Could be fatigue, could just be a bad stretch, but 19 home runs in seven games suggests it's symptomatic of something that he's got to figure out and got to kind of retool his approach or get get some freshness added to this mix because it's not working right now and it is not helping the twins at all. MGM Wine and Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, pre-mixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice-cold beers and hard seltzers. 
With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineAndSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine and Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. It's good to be rejoined on Daily Delivery today by Jason Gerwin, founder of the streamable, a uh, kind of a one-stop shop for all of your you know, streaming uh, streaming coverage of you know various platforms, things like that. But I've had Jason on a few times over the last couple of years to talk about just the, the the future of sports on on TV through streaming. That it's 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 not gotten less fragmented uh, in the last two years that we've that we've been talking, Jason. Um, and I wanted to have you back on just kind of just like a little bit of a catch up. Sometimes it's good to um, you know kind of evaluate where we are right now and as before we started talking before we started recording you had said um you know we, we've we saw everything that happened with the twins that was very interesting here locally they they at least stayed on bally sports through the rest of the year those negotiations still probably to come out obviously after this year is over because their contract is up but it felt like there was a time of of massive turmoil perhaps bubbling up but but only even if it seems like you know, it's kind of a, a a sea change, only two teams so far have been relinquished now by by Diamond Sports, and they're no longer on on Bally's being taken over by MLB. That's the Diamondbacks and the Padres. The Padres going first. Um, Jason, what do you make of the landscape right now and how this summer has played out? So we talked, I think, in March, yeah. and uh, at that point, we were coming up towards the end of the NHL and the NBA season. And we said, you know, they were going to really punt those down the line. They, that wasn't really the big deal. It was really what was going to happen in Major League Baseball. Um, and I think what kind of surprised some people is that less has happened rather than more. Um, you know, I said at the time that, you know, I think status quo was going to happen just because it felt like this was going to be dragged out for a while. And I think more or less that has you know, what we see has happened with the Padres and the Diamondbacks, you know, even the Diamondbacks were almost saved last minute. They were trying to, you know, reach a deal, but they just couldn't. Um, and I think what's happening right now is it's kind of on a month to month basis with some of these teams where, you know, Bally Sports is deciding which of these contracts are worth continuing um, and which ones aren't. Um, so the bankruptcy proceedings continue. Um, they haven't really presented what what at least I would describe as like a go forward plan. Every team is really in this like, are they going to pay? Are they not? Right. Um, so, you know, we've seen that actually in the conversations in the last week or so where um, a lot of the um, distributors are now saying, hey, we got to see what's going to happen with your channels going forward. Um, you know, we talked uh, before we started recording, DirecTV and yeah. Valley Sports has this big renewal coming up at the end of the year. And I think DirecTV wants to know what's going to happen too, because now DirecTV is paying for a channel like Valley Sports Arizona, where the Diamondbacks are no longer on it. Yeah. Um, the Phoenix Suns starting in the fall are moving over the air to KTVK. They're um, trying is, to, at least. Is that, has that gone forward yet? Because I think they got, yeah, there, was it, like a, there was like a lawsuit and they got blocked for a certain point. Yeah. It, it got blocked and now it's going forward. Okay, so, got it. you know, and the distributors want to know what channels they have to pay for before they can even start these negotiations. 
Um, so I think, you know, people are kind of confused why it's now July or August and we no longer have um, clarity on what the go forward plan um, really is. It's almost like Diamond Sports and Sinclair are not a terribly well-run entity, um, you might say, but uh, maybe I can say that and you wouldn't say that. But it, it does seem like they should have a better idea right now. They just kind of think that bankruptcy would be some sort of wave a magic wand, get their debt reorganized, and everything would be would it would be okay in the end, or 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 is there some other bigger plan in place? Um, you know, you said that, not I. I did, but um. You know, I think what we would what I would say is I think right now they're still trying to figure out which of these contracts are worth it. You know, cord cutting is accelerating faster than anyone had. So even if they said today this contract in this market is worth it, you know, 24 months from now, that contract may not be worth it. And this is their one chance to really restate what the value of those deals are. Um, I think they're going to try to figure out what what's going to happen with the NHL and NBA. And I think they're just trying to get through the MLB season and then they'll be at the same point they were with, um, with the NHL and NBA and in March where they're like, okay, we can kick this, you know, can down the road. Um, and at least we can put forward, these are the NHL and NBA distribution agreements we have when we go to negotiate with, you know, direct TV and other distributors who, you know, contracts are up with them you know, later this year and into the beginning of next. How And how complicated is it? You know, there's di- different markets have different, obviously different numbers of, of teams. We talk about the twin cities where you've got the, th- the three teams, you've got the twins, the wild and the Timberwolves. You've got some markets though, where it's just maybe one team that they've got, whether it's an MLB team or an NBA team. Um, as you start to think about markets like that, how, how complicated does it get when like, say, say Bally, say Bally and, and, and diamond sports lose the twins after this year, say the twins and negotiations go nowhere. They decide to go with the MLB model or some other model. And now that, that now they're left with the, the wild and the wolves, which are which are viable properties, which which draw a lot of eyeballs, but then all of a sudden you've got pretty thin programming for six months out of the year. You've got the links, but you don't have a whole lot else. How how does that how does that play out to it in markets where there's kind of a maybe a split or a divide? So when when this is going through a cable distributor, that's not super important, right? Because no. as a consumer, I'm paying for that every month, regardless whether I watch it or not. But if their grand plan is Bally Sports Plus and a direct-to-consumer product, and this is part of the problem with them not having MLB streaming rights in most markets, is you need to have a full year's worth of content in order to sell it, either because you're selling an annual plan, so people are willing to lock in, number one, or number two, you have a monthly plan where, hey, you know, hockey and basketball season just wrapped. Now I'm going to keep this because there's baseball season, right? The actual amount they have to charge if someone's only keeping it for six months out of the year is double per month in order to hit the same rates that they are, yeah. you know, in, in a cable product, you know, taking out the account that only 10% of people with cable are actually even watching these channels to begin with. Which they don't want you to know. That's a terrible thing for for anybody to say, but it, it's true, and that's part of the problem here is that they we, that we know all these things, and that you know the the bundle as you start to think about it, the sports part of it is pretty expensive, and that's probably what's fueling a lot of this angst over 
negotiations with Comcast, uh, DirecTV. Those are the two. I mean, those are the two biggest ones, and those are you know coming in a matter of months, not years. I don't think we know exact dates, but you said DirecTV has already filed something in that bankruptcy. Uh, the bankruptcy process saying, hey, we got to see what's going to happen. I think Comcast probably can't be too far behind. Like if, if those stall or if they're just like, no, we're not we're not taking these channels. Like that's that's kind of the end, right? Or or, be, or the beginning of the end, because you, you can't not be on those two distributors and, and expect to be viable. I mean, it's that is the death spiral, right? What happens is like, let's say DirecTV doesn't renew. Well, there goes 12 million consumers overnight right. from it um at the same time you could argue direct tv actually needs these regional sports networks because it's really the only differentiator from the virtual mvpds at least from someone like youtube tv and hulu which are the two biggest because you know if you're direct tv you no longer have nfl sunday ticket that's on youtube and youtube tv yeah Right. You um, you you don't really have any differentiation from programming. You cost more money and you potentially have contracts if you're a satellite consumer. So, you know, it's hard to see the value argument from a consumer if someone like DirecTV isn't the home of all sports for the consumer. So, um, you know, they kind of it is somewhat of a symbiotic relationship. Sure. Um but at some point, if you are able to get it as a direct-to-consumer package, maybe DirecTV says, hey, we can't be competitive if we're 20 or $30 more expensive than YouTube TV. We'd rather offer a truly competitive national TV sports package. And if you want to get these games, you know, fine, go sign up for Bally Sports Plus. Maybe we'll you know, add that as a streaming app to our Android TV box and you can watch it through that. Is that the same argument you could make, I guess, for someone like Comcast? Like they they're not a bit that's not a big differentiator either, then if you don't have those regional sports, because Dish Network in the in the in the satellite game, Dish Network no longer has those those Bally RSNs and hasn't for a couple of years now. It it does there's not much difference then between them and a, a streaming platform unless it's just, you know, people who are used to having what they have and that's what they that that's what they want to keep, even if it's more expensive. Yeah, I mean, you could make that same argument. The one thing that DirecTV and and Comcast have structurally that's different than, you know, guys like Hulu and YouTube TV is they they have tiers. So YouTube TV, single package, right? If they were going to offer RSNs, it'd have to be available to everyone, right? In the case of something like DirecTV, they can put it in a slightly higher price tier. So, you know, you're not actually paying for the consumer who wants the lowest price package. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you know, I want to move on to some of this NFL stuff in a minute, but from your sense so far, just a couple uh, more kind of baseball-related questions. How how do you how do you think so far the the MLB experiment has gone, where they've taken over production? I've seen you know figures. They haven't released like huge figures of subscribers, but you know, I, th- I think there was one update from the Padres that at least put the numbers in the five figures in terms of the number of, of people who have signed up for the the $20 standalone package. What's your sense of who's, who's signing up for these products and who's watching it kind of through the, through the MLB app and even how the, how the production has been on those things so far. I mean, the D to C product is no different than something that Bally sports plus would offer. It's 1999 a month. You know, you, you know, I think people would probably say that MLB TV as a streaming product is better than Bally sports plus as a streaming product. Yeah. 
but it's not like they're offering anything different than what Bally Sports would have offered in those markets. I think what could be interesting is if they find a way to bundle it without a market packages, or you know, if the leagues, if more of these um, teams end up going with OD- OTA services, they can create their own mini bundles with multiple teams in the same market. Um, which I think will have to be the future of this because no one's going to go pay $20 a month for each team in a market, right? Like that's the price of, you know, what one of these packages would be when you then have to add all your national TV channels. Um, You know, from a distribution standpoint, these games on MLB network, the local version in these markets, you know, they're not the the league is not getting paid by distributors for that. They basically said, hey, we're going to, we just want to make sure this is available, um, which obviously isn't a long-term solution. So yes, they have great distribution for it now, but the conversation becomes totally different when when they actually have to go to a DirecTV and ask them to pay for that channel because similar to um, a D to C product, DirecTV will have to make the decision to carry a singular team channel, right? Like, are they going to carry a San Diego Padres channel and pay for every subscriber in San Diego, right? Like, it's different than paying for Bally Sports San Diego, which has the Kings and the Ducks and the Padres and some Angels games and things like that, where it's like a multi-team channel. So you can spread that cost across the fandom, which has, you know, wider interest. So, you know, that's kind of the next stage of this. Like, step one is easy. Hey, we're not going to make any money on this but we want to get as wide distribution. How do we actually make an economic model viable for the long term where, you know, consumers are happy, teams are happy and distributors are happy. And unfortunately, most of the time, someone in that conversation doesn't end up being happy. So MLB's production of these games is basically like a rideshare startup right now where they're just like doing it and then they're going to make more, figure out how to make money later. Exactly. Exactly. They're a startup just like everyone else. They're a startup just like everyone else. I mean, kind of. They kind of are. I mean, it's an interesting way to look at it. But you're right. I think their their number one priority was making sure that there's they just weren't going dark in these markets when they walked away from these contracts. And I think they have some some interest in gobbling up as many of these as possible and making this kind of a a, a regional a regional model that they that they own and operate. Um, thinking of the twins. The one thing I I don't think anybody has a crystal ball to know exactly where they will be um, television wise in 2024 or how that will look. I think the one thing we can say for certain is there's not a chance in the world that there is not some sort of direct to consumer option in 24, right? Like that's been the frustration with people so far is that that there's not this direct to consumer option for baseball, except in a few of these markets. And that's what's kind of that's been the big lament of, of Twins fans, aside from when these games went away from YouTube TV, Hulu, things like that, that they can't get them on the Bally Sports Plus app. And that's that's frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we know what's going to happen with the Twins. Like the Twins actually have probably been one of the better success stories for Bally Sports when it comes to direct to consumer. They, you know, they've said consistently that Bally Sports North has been one of their best performers. It probably helps that it's one of the few markets where it's multi-team. But I think what we're seeing across the board is, if it goes back to MLB, they'll offer it on MLB TV as a DSC product. You know, we haven't seen any baseball teams go anywhere else, but you know, the Phoenix Suns, when they announced 
um, their OTA option. They also, you know, announced um, that they're going to launch a D to C product. Um, the Utah Jazz has said the same. Right. I think the one thing we should expect is don't expect a cheap D to C product. Right. Yeah. Um, um, so accessibility will be better than ever before, but I'm not sure that it will be um, any less expensive than what people are used to today. You mentioned YouTube taking over the uh, uh, Sunday ticket package, which is interesting. I mean, that's a that's a loss for DirecTV. That's you know, it's it's a different player in a pretty big market. How, how do you imagine that plays out? I mean, we're only a month away from the start of football season. Uh, so, you know, I think a lot of people were surprised that it ended up with YouTube and YouTube TV. DirecTV, you know, probably at their peak had about 2 million subscribers to Sunday Ticket. Um, I don't know how many of those were paid or bundled, but, um, you know, YouTube is making uh, a big bet on this, that this is going to drive people to both YouTube TV and YouTube primetime channels, which is their, you know, uh, subscription service where you can go sign up for services individually. Um, the one thing that consumers probably didn't expect is that the price would remain the same. And actually it's more expensive in some cases. So, you know, if you have YouTube TV, it's, you know, $449 uh, for the season. If you don't, it's $549. It's even, it's about 40 bucks more if you also want NFL Red Zone. So it is a very expensive premium package. Um, YouTube has done a couple interesting things in the last couple of weeks. One, um, they announced a deal with Verizon where they're giving people who sign up for new plans or upgrade to their premium price plans a free year of NFL Sunday ticket. So this is pretty similar to the DirecTV model where they would give you Sunday ticket for free if you signed up for a new package. Um, and then the other thing they announced, which they haven't announced pricing yet, is they're going to make a, a partnership with HBO Max where they're going to offer a bundle of those two um, in in order to um, in order to drive more subs. Um, so, you know, they're trying to do things a little bit differently. I don't I, I think from a product standpoint, I don't know that if you've used it online before, you're going to see that much of a difference. Um, but. You know, the one thing to watch out for, and we we've talked a lot about this throughout the history of streaming is latency is a yes. lot of people are not used to when they're watching on a stream that the games are 20 to 30 seconds behind um, what the OTA or, or cable uh, package is. And I think people are going to be very surprised when they get Sunday ticket and, you know, their friend is watching a game and they text them touchdown. Yep. And then like, what? And then 15 seconds later, you know, they see, you know, Justin Jefferson going for the touchdown. So, yeah, uh, I think uh, I think people will be surprised with that. Drives me crazy when I'm on the phone with my dad and we're if he's like, hey, you got to turn this game on. And I've got Hulu plus live TV and he's got you know whatever the cable subscriber he has where 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 he lives. And you know, I'd be like, oh, oh. and he'll be like, he'll be like, dad, I haven't seen this yet. Like we can't. We can't really watch sports nearly the same way we used to because it's not all happening at the same time. And the same thing with social, like social media totally ruins it. Like sometimes that's just like you're following like people who are in the stadium and they're obviously the first ones of all to see it. And then it's like the next wave of the people who have traditional cable and satellite. And then it's like 25 seconds later, you're right. It's, it's the people who have the streams. And it's, it is, it's, it's not like a reason to not do it, but it does change the experience a little bit. So that is an interesting thing to, uh, 
to reimagine as we think about more people going to uh, going to YouTube to to get those uh, to get those uh, NFL packages. Um, Jason Jason Gerwin, uh, founder of the Streamable, appreciating your time here. Do you have any? crystal ball any like i always i think i always try to like have you forecast into the future like where where we're headed with this uh, i think we've identified kind of the next big things are you know what's going to happen with these major contracts and renewals with direct tv and, and comcast like if if things weren't happening as fast as maybe we thought they were after after the bankruptcy um are there other kind of pressure points are there other things to watch for as you think about the next six months to a year ahead I think looking at the next six months, it's really turning to see what happens with the NBA and NHL. And I think, you know, the teams that are on Valley Sports, the NBA and NHL rely on regional um, deals, the NHL in particular, because they're such a big part of, you know, the way they make money um, from their media contracts. You know, they need these contracts just from the value uh, of them. So I wouldn't be surprised if, um, if they f- try to find a way to make this work with Bally Sports over the next, you know, six months, you know, the NBA's uh, contract is up in the next couple of years. So there is also talk, will they try to combine the local rights with the national rights to a streamer? Um, and that's something to keep an eye on as well. The NHL doesn't have that same um, situation. And then from an MLB perspective, um, I think Bally's going to walk away from a lot of these contracts. I don't know what happens after that because, again, I don't think a D2C product works if you only have, you know, half a year's worth of content. Um, but at the same time, MLB isn't giving them D2C rights. So keeping these contracts without D2C rights is probably worse than walking away from these contracts and trying to come up with a six-month subscription for for the D2C product. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be again. I think we've been talking for a couple of years, and things keep changing. I don't think we've had that that one. Like the the bankruptcy was a big moment, but I think we're still waiting to see how this all unravels. And usually, it it happens slowly, and then it happens fast. And regardless of what does happen, um, always appreciate your time, Jason. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks very much. Talk soon. Good stuff from Jason Gerwin, as usual. A couple of the finer points that I think he brought up. Number one, saying he thinks that there's going to be a lot more opting out of these Major League Baseball deals from uh, Diamond Sports uh, and, and parent company Sinclair, which runs all these Bally Sports channels. That would be interesting to see, to see who who winds up somewhere else. Now, the Twins, of course, um, kept on with Bally Sports North for the rest of this year. They were able to come there. Bally Sports North made that payment. Diamond Sports made that payment, so they're on for the rest of the year. But that contract, like we talked about, up at the end of the year so they're in a little bit of a different boat but how many of these teams wind up somewhere else other than diamond sports will be interesting the other point he made that i thought was interesting is this looming deadline or this kind of next kind of point ahead with these negotiations between um, diamond sports and uh <clears throat> and direct tv and comcast two of the bigger carriers and you know I'm, I'm kind of looking at that like this is this could be the death knell the death spiral like he said but also how much both sides more or less need each other because these regional sports networks are, to his good point, kind of a differentiator for these uh, for these bigger companies like Comcast and like Directv. So we'll see how that all how that all shakes out. It's still got a lot to a lot to come here. Um, I think the NBA and NHL are fascinating test cases. I'll probably be writing about those more as those seasons get closer. But you know, always always good to kind of monitor this because this is just a, a changing landscape. I like I, st- I still get more emails about this than ever, than anything else. I got one a few days ago still from someone who's like. What should I do? I've got, 
you know, Hulu plus live TV. I'm thinking about going back to direct TV or I, I, I think he has DirecTV. He's thinking about going back to Hulu Live TV, but he says, I, I, I know I can't get the twins. What should I do? And I'm like, well, you kind of be doing it between a rock and a hard place right now. Maybe you want to keep keep what you've got if you want to have access to the twins for now. Have to imagine that by 2024, there will be a different solution if you are a twins fan, some sort of direct-to-consumer option, no matter how this all shakes out. But it's, you know, people are still kind of stuck. Like, ah, what do I do? I don't want to be in this expensive long-term contract, but I want to have the channels I want to have. And, the, you know, the the biggest frustration still is that these channels, these streaming channels, the stream, streaming products like Hulu Live TV, like Sling, like YouTube TV, had all these channels initially, had Bally Sports North, I believe it was Fox Sports North back then, and then, and then ditched them. And so you're kind of left with this unsatisfying option no way to get these channels other than subscribing to a, a more expensive uh, more expensive option or kind of playing whack-a-mole and trying to find the ones that still have it. So we'll see. We'll see where it all goes. It's still frustrating. I think fans have lost a lot of access if they're not willing to pay. I think the landscape is still shifting, and we'll see how that all gets sorted out. And Jason Gerwin always helps me kind of put everything in perspective, so appreciated his time again. Let us finish with the cooler quickly. ESPN had a list of 14 playoff teams from last season in the NFL. Vikings, of course, one of them. Evaluating the chances that all 14 will make it back to the postseason. I'm going through the list. Wait and find the Vikings. Wait and find the Vikings. Vikings down there at number 12. They give the Vikings the 12th most likely chance to get back to the playoffs of the 14 playoff teams last year. Now, I agree with all of their reasons. I just have a hard time... Um, agreeing with the conclusion. Basically, they're laying out that the Vikings were not a great team last year. Even though they were a 13-win team, um, they were a below-average team. They basically functioned like a great team in the fourth quarter and a subpar team anytime else. Um, but the thing that I have to look at is yeah, they're trying to retool on the fly, and they're playing in such a bad division. I think that that bad division, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for kind of like the AL Central, if it wasn't for the division... You would not like the Vikings' chances at all, but playing with you know the Lions, who are bound to regress, with the Packers, who are trying a new, you know, new quarterback and Jordan Love and retooling their roster, and the Bears, who I don't think we should totally discount, but still haven't proven anything and are still trying to figure themselves out. This division could be one with a nine and eight record, and I think the Vikings are certainly within their realm of getting to nine and eight this season. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. It's just what thought was in, thought that was interesting that there's. Not so much faith, at least from from that perspective, on the Vikings getting back to the playoffs. I agree with the logic that they just weren't a great team last year, but you know, just the fact that they get to play in this division should carry them a long way this year, unless there's a major surprise that I do not know about yet. And that will do it for me today. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Good stuff coming up on Friday as well. I'm Michael Rand. Back at it again tomorrow. <laughs>